return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. So as we were worshiping, God just led me to Ruth chapter 1, mm. verse 1. So I just picked the scripture and I just read it. I know the scripture, but I was like... What can I get from this particular verse? Yeah. Then I had to go to my phone and then find the meaning of Bethlehem. So what I read was, you know, Ruth, um, um, Naomi and their wife, the husband and kids yeah. living in Bethlehem. <clears throat> and then there was famine. And then they had to leave to Moab, a country that God forbid, forbid, forbid them to go. Yeah. And we know the story, you know, what happened to the family. Um, Naomi coming back bitter. And then I was like, what do I get from this? And I just, you know, the Spirit of God led me to find the meaning of Bethlehem. So I picked my phone, and then I googled Bethlehem. Uh And the meaning of Bethlehem Bethlehem is house of bread. Mm. You know, God had blessed Israel so much, and God had made Bethlehem a house of bread, Mm. a house of nourishment, a house of his provision. But they didn't cherish what they they had. In the face of little adversity... They had to, you know, leave. Yeah. And God was just telling me that Holy Life Tabernacle is just like Bethlehem. It's a house mm. of bread. Ah. A house that is full of the word of God. Amen. A house that when you come in, you'll be fed with the word of God. Amen. you grow spiritually. You'll be nourished. Yeah. And you become a better person. Yeah. And God wants me to encourage you to stick to this house. <laughs> and allow yourself to be molded by the Spirit of God. Yes. The Word of God that always comes from the pulpit. Pastor Dave, Pastor Jeannie, mm. you know, Pastor Randin. Mm. They are all anointed of God. Yes. And when you stay here, you'll be blessed. Yeah. Because here, we hear the, the, the pure Word of God. Yeah. And I believe that... We come in here for this four years has been a yeah. blessing to us. Yes. You know, coming here week in, week out, and starting off the week receiving prayers here has been a blessing to us. Amen. In our academic work, my PhD has been a wonderful journey, a journey of awards, a journey of so many blessings. Mm. And last time someone was asking me, that there has to be a particular secret. And I told him it's all about God. Yeah. And I believe that I found myself in a good place to where I received the word of God. And I've been nurtured. Yes. Uh, we've been made, you know, more stronger than we yeah. used to be. <laughs> and I, I, I just pray that I'll find another house of bread in Wisconsin as Amen. we go. Um, so value what you have here. Yeah. Because there is so many blessings. People come in and they are blessed. People come in and their prayers are answered. Mm. Just believe and just trust God Amen. that he's here with us. Yeah. And in this atmosphere, he moves powerfully. Yes. So Pastor Dave and Mama Jeannie, God wants me to just tell you that you are doing a great job and, and continue with the great job you are doing. You are touching so many lives, not Amen. only here in Brookings, but in, in Ghana, in Africa. Yeah. And, and, and God bless you for the opportunities you give to us, like yes. my wife said. Yeah. And you have, you have been a blessing to us. Everyone here has been a blessing to us. Amen. And I will just say that God richly bless you so much. We are just maybe seven hours away. Wisconsin <laughs> is not too far. So this wouldn't be the last time you see our faces. The, the connection is still there. The friendship is still there. 
and we'll, we'll definitely meet one, one another time. Amen. And so God richly bless you so much for every prayer you said in our, into our lives, every you know word of encouragement you gave to us, every everything you have done for us in, in, in one way or the other. We say God richly bless you. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. So Hilda, what was? Why don't you mention what your degree was in? Yes, so I was taking my master's in education, and my major was curriculum and instruction. I'm almost through. And that's a master's? Yes, that's a master's program. So you will teach like in? Elementary. Elementary school, okay. (laughs) Amen. So, girls, okay, Lois, do you want to say something? Do you want to say, what do you want to say? I will have a nice day. Where how nice and you have a nice. Us, Mrs. You want to sing the song? You can sing a song. Yeah. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. Then I will, but he is strong. Yes, yes Jesus, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Amen. Yes. Thank Lily. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. To him belong. They are he is drunk. <laughs> yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Amen. So, so the girls, I always uh, mention to uh, Hilda each week, she always has their hair done. This takes time. So the, their hairs, I always say, uh, someday, girls, you have to remember what your mother has done. You know, it takes, our daughter does hair, anything. You took advantage of my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Uh, Samuel LaRousse, I was cheering for Haiti the other day in the World Cup. So... uh, for the women's soccer, hallelujah, for your country, and so forth. So, uh, all right, Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 6 and 7, just says that the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin. The mind of the spirit is life and peace, spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God now and forever. The mind of the flesh and its pursuits is actively hostile to, uh, to, against God. It does not submit itself to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So there's a spiritual mind and there's a carnal mind. We all have a mind, right? And at various points, at various points in any day, 
you can have a spiritual mind, you can have a carnal mind. The spiritual mind is the mind that's pursuing the things of God, pursuing the things of Jesus, that has that kind of the forefront uh, of your life. The carnal mind deals with, with not just worldly, but sinful things, all right? Which is going to bring turmoil, which is going to bring, bring problems, which is going to bring stuff in your life that isn't so good. Many, many Christians, you know, the only way you get a spiritual mind is through the Holy Spirit. So I can't get a spiritual mind by just thinking, well, I'll have a spiritual mind. No, you get a spiritual mind by actively growing the things of the Holy Spirit in your life. That comes, those nutrients come through the Word of God, the Bible. So when people, it's why all the time we emphasize Bible reading in our church. And the reason is, is because that is the food for your spirit man. You're feeding your spirit man the Word. Then you will grow, amen, you will grow spiritually, you will grow in a place that you become stronger and stronger. And that word, the Holy Spirit, uses the word. So if you're thinking of doing something uh, ungodly, sinful, or whatever, the Holy Spirit reminds you, you know, the word says this and, and, and keeps us. The word keeps us from sin if we choose, amen. So the spiritual mind is nurtured with the things of the spirit, nurtured with the word of God. So that we would walk in the Spirit. Even, even, even uh, in Corinthians, it talks about marriage and, and not married and so forth. And it says, it says when they're not married, people tend to be more probably centered on the Spirit. Because when they're married, they're centered more on their spouse. Now, there's nothing wrong with being married. The only thing is, you have to understand you're still here to serve Jesus. Why? He's our Savior. He's, he's the one we owe our life to. He is the answer for this world. All right? There is no other answers. It doesn't come in a form of a government or a law or anything like that. You cannot pass a law to legislate morality. It doesn't happen. Morality, that comes from the heart. You can pass laws. It's like people pass the law of prohibition. That didn't stop drinking. So people continue to drink in great excess, right? Even abortion, you can pass some laws, but people still do abortions. All the things that God always wants to get to us down into our hearts. And if it gets down to our hearts, then all of a sudden we, begin, we can begin to have a spiritual mind to think spiritual things in a good way. Now, in, in Mark chapter 12... These are just familiar verses, but Jesus said the, the commandments, two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Okay? These two great commandments. I always say there's a vertical relationship, there's a horizontal relationship. And so the vertical is loving Jesus, the second is loving people. Both go together. The simplicity of the gospel is love God, love people. It's tough, it's tough to say you're a Christian and then not like people. Right? It's, it's, tough, it's tough to say that because, because God loves people. Right? He loves people. He cares, he cares about people. He cares what people are going through. Someone, someone said the other day, they said, if, if Jesus didn't condemn the world, he sure didn't call you to do it. See, you get a lot of Christians, they're condemning the world, the world's this and the world's that. Well, if Jesus didn't condemn the world, folks, he didn't call you to do it. All right? Just remember that. Just remember the simplicity of John 3. He came to love the world, 316, verse 17. He didn't come to condemn it. He came to save it. Right? 
So the spiritual mind is thinking spiritual things. So he says to love the Lord, love him with all your heart, soul. But notice here, your, your mind, your thoughts, your understanding. And we have a soul, we have emotions, we have all those things. But he's just saying to give yourself to the Lord. All the time. So it's not a Sunday thing or a midweek thing, but it's a daily thing. So I want to I want to go to bed thinking about Jesus. The other night, uh, I had a live uh, uh, praise thing there at Bethel. Live praise thing. I'm listening, just praising the Lord. It's just beautiful. That's how you want to go to bed. Go to bed in the spirit, right? Go to bed thinking about Jesus. Go to bed thinking about if you got problems, go to bed casting them on the Lord. <laughs> Amen. You're not going to solve the problems of the world. That all belongs to Jesus. Our part is to be a light to the world. That's our part. Our part is to be a light to the world. To tell others about Jesus who can change their lives. That's our part. So we should love him. Notice with all your mind, soul, and strength. He wants all of you. He doesn't want part of you. I was visiting with somebody. Their country had gone through great uh, persecution and so forth. And... and, uh, they had escaped the persecution, visiting with the person live, and, and they said, you know, a lot of Americans, for Jesus, he's a part of your life. For us, he is our life. I said, you're right. See, for a lot of Americans, church, and so it's just a Yeah, I go to church. Oh, I belong to this church. Yeah, it's a part of their life. But folks, I tell you, when people have faced life and death, and we know many people, and there are people watching right now who are in this category, we have hundreds of people who will tune in to us. Just this week, again, someone from another state said, I haven't talked to you in years, said, I watch you all the time. Wow. Or a week or so ago, and we had that international Zoom thing, people that I've never met before, oh, we watch your services. People face adversity. People face difficulties. And living for Jesus isn't just oh, a little part of their life. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to church, and then they're doing all their other stuff. No, he is their life. He is their life. And they face Life and death. They face difficulties that today may be, might be their last day. <laughs> Most of us aren't facing that, are we? We're not facing that or thinking of that or thinking what as far as uh, that sort of persecution. But there are much of the world actually lies in this place now today. Much of the world in this adversity and this hostility toward Christians. In India, they're burning churches and they're killing pastors. It's not, it's not like, uh, it's not like, yeah, well, we're, we're, we, we kind of go to a church. They call themselves believers. You're either a believer or you're not a believer. <laughs> it's not based on where you go. It's who you know. So the spiritual mind is this relationship. Communing. Communion, vertical communion with the Lord all of the time. It's no wonder then, the 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this world, who is the devil, would want to blind people's minds. He wants to get people not to think about Jesus, not to think about Christianity or any of those things. He wants people blinded from the light, the God of this world, who's the devil. He's still active in the world. He's blinded the minds of the unbelieving to prevent them from seeing the illuminating gospel of Jesus Christ. So there's, there's the attack. There's the attack that goes against a lot of people. See, what are you planning in your mind? 
What do you look at through the week? What do you look at your phone? What do you look at your computer? What are you thinking about? What's the kind of music you listen to? How do you talk with your friends? What kind of talk do you have? What kind of language is going on? What kind of comfort level do you have? You're comfortable with people swearing and this and that? What, where, where, where does your heart lie? You see, all of us have a mind and all of us are absorbed in these things, okay? So we have a, a TV tells you a vision. You have computers, you have phones. I think it's always interesting. I can go to an athletic event or whatever and the game is going on in front of people and half the people are like this on their phone. I was at one high school event. I bet more than half the student body was looking at their phones. Didn't even see the game that was going on in front of them. This is the world we live. Now, how are we going to impact the world? Well, if we're not spiritual minded, you'll never impact someone else. Because why? You're not even thinking about somebody else. Thinking about souls. Where's that person at with the Lord? Do they know Jesus? Are they a believer? Are they following the Lord? So we have to think about, we have to, if we're spiritual minded, we're in this world all the time thinking about that whole thing, what God is thinking about, which is people. Or call them souls. That's the heart of God. God so loved the world. God so loved people. Gave his son Jesus. So spiritual mind, you're thinking about things. Amen? You're thinking about things. You're thinking about things that matter. You're thinking about the things that are really important. You're looking for an opportunity to speak life into somebody else's life. Everybody around us, everybody you see is going to die someday. Where are they going? Where are they going? In Genesis 6, when it talks about Noah... And in Noah's days, uh, uh, so we, we come from creation, you know, hundreds of years and so forth. The wickedness of man was great. Now notice, the imagination or intent of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. So what happened, the farther people get away from God, the more their imaginations get away from God. And begin, they begin to imagine wicked things. They begin to imagine wicked devices. People can look at the world and they say, it's just terrible. Well, that's only because people are withdrawing, getting away from Jesus, getting away from the Bible, getting away from the presence, going to church or anything like that. And so the natural result is humanity left on their own, their mind, carnal mind, just gets more and more wicked. It doesn't get better, it gets more wicked. What's in your mind are the seeds growing that you plant. If you never plant a spiritual seed, you're not going to grow anything spiritual. So if I never plant, if I have, if I have a flower garden, but I never, if I don't take care of it, pretty soon the weeds will overtake it, and you'll have no flowers. <laughs> the weeds will choke out the flowers. You know, here or there you might see something come out, but, but in general it will be choked out. People's lives get that way. Once they start forsaking the fellowship of the Lord or reading their Bibles and so forth, all of a sudden they, their lives get choked out. Here, here it got so bad, their thoughts were only evil continually. Wow, how sad. Very sad, right? 
And of course, then we know that, that Noah, the flood, and so forth, the rainbow, hallelujah, rainbow is God's idea, that, that uh, all those things came to pass. Proverbs says, a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. As we think about things, if it's not good, then it produces bad things. If it's good, it'll produce good things. James 1. James 1 talks about just a progression. And a man is tempted when he's dragged away, enticed and baited to commit sin by his own worldly desire, lust, and passion. Now, all of us, all of us live in a physical body. So your physical, the three things everybody has to deal with is food, money, and sex. Everybody has to deal with that because they're all a person, human beings, right? So, so we're all sexual people. We all have to eat food and we all have to deal with money. So how we do that, how we do that in the balance in which we do that is important. Jesus, Jesus came as God manifested in the flesh, was tempted in these same ways. He had a body. He got hungry. He got tired. All these things like that. So temptation can come. Now understand, temptation is not the sin. Okay, so temptation is not the sin. But people are dragged away, enticed, baited. You know, like the enemy, keys, hanging up keys. Hey, 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 getting attention. And that's what happens, of course, in the flesh. And if we're in a carnal mind, pretty soon we think, yeah, well, that wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, I could do that. Nobody will know. And pretty soon we're kind of drawn away and we're lured. And now what, what are we drawn away from? Well, we're drawn away from the presence of the Lord. We're drawn away from the spiritual mind of Christ. And we're lured. So now our eyes are off Jesus. We're lured into this trap. So, so and of course, Jesus wanted to deliver us from the traps, Right. So it says, then it says, so, so we're lured into this. Then when the illicit desire is conceived, it brings forth sin. So then it's like, well, we take it. We take the bait, eat the bait. And sin, the, the bait gives birth to sin. When sin runs its course, it gives death. Now, spiritual death is the first thing, of course. But... But the whole thing is this. And of course, there's always time to turn around, right? So, but the point, let's, let's think if we, can, if we can resist sin, if we can resist the temptation, then of course, we can stop the process. This process will go on every day in your life. Every day in your life. It's not like, well, if that happens someday, no, that'll probably happen this afternoon. It'll probably happen or tonight or something like that. There's a process that goes. The enemy is smarter than you think. People say he's defeated foe. He's absolutely defeated foe. He's, he's been detoothed. Yes, he can gum you, but he's not going to gum you to death. The, the enemy's, uh, the power he's got is in lies. Is to pull people away and send them down the wrong path. Pure lies. So, so he wants us to have the spiritual mind to recognize Trap, warning, warning. <laughs> Don't go there. Amen. In other words, the Bible says, you know, flee fornication. Uh, well, you don't, you don't hang around fornication or sexual temptation. It doesn't even say walk away. It says run. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, run. <laughs> it's, just, it's just run from it. Get away from it. Don't get near it. Don't coddle it. It's like when I got saved, I got saved in a bar. He just totally transformed my life. But that didn't change the fact that most of my friends were still drinkers. So they're calling me. They want me to come to the next party as life of the party. Come on, cough. You got to come to the party. And I don't want to come. You don't want to hang around something that's going to drag you down. It's like, it's like uh, Jesus didn't say, yeah, go to the party and you can probably be a witness at the party. Ha, ha, ha. You know, no, the devil knows that's a lie. Because invariably you're going to take a drink. And one will lead to two and two to five. Very sad, very sad. So you want to avoid any encounter. I mean, if you have an encounter, avoid it. If you see something, click off of it. If it's there, it change the channel. <laughs> or get up and walk away, whatever it takes, all right? So, so you have, you, to have a spiritual mind is to recognize the things. You're absorbed in the Word of God, so you do recognize it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you recognize it. <laughs> The more I'm in the Bible, the more my mind will be spiritual. Okay? The less I'm in the Bible or the less I'm in fellowship, the less spirituality I have. I've seen people, I've seen Christians say, you know, Pastor, that doesn't bother me at all. Why? Because they become carnal. <laughs> no longer bothers them. Oh, let's look at another verse here. Let's go to Romans. Romans chapter 1 a second. Romans, Romans is an interesting book. Let me just say this. The, the LBGTQ movement is not new movement. People act like, oh, look what's going on today. This isn't a new thing. This, is, this has always been going on since the world. Why? Because there's always been a devil. <laughs> okay? And so, therefore, in the Bible, there are many scriptures that cover these things because it's not new. Paul writing to the Romans, well, Rome was an immoral, ungodly society and all that. They had a huge gay movement. That's why these things are there. That's why there's things in the Old Testament. The Lord says, don't join affinity with this group of people. It's been around for hundreds of years, hundreds, thousands, all right? So, so it's not a new thing. People act, the church acts like, it's new, the culture, we must change with the culture. Folks, it never changed with the culture. The word should change culture, not culture changing the word. And so many, many groups and denominations get it all backwards. And they're trying to be, we want to be relevant. Well, you're relevant if you just stay with the Bible. That's the only way you're going to help people. You're not going to help people by compromise. You're not going to help people say the suicide rate. You won't help that suicide rate by compromising. I'll guarantee you. Yeah, just go do what you want. So well, now they, they won't think about suicide. Now the suicide rate is skyrocketing. People doing whatever they want. Not good. Not good. Notice it says, as Paul was writing to the Romans, they didn't even want to retain God in their knowledge. I didn't want to think about him. I don't want to think about him. It bothers me to think about him. Do you know, when I was a sinner, I went downtown one night to the bars and, and uh, I was walking down the street, and I saw a guy who later I knew who this was. But I saw a guy, and he was passing out a gospel tract. And I thought, oh, brother. And so I walked across the street, down the street, back across the street, just so that I wouldn't see this man. And just by seeing him, I sat down in the bar with a pitcher of beer 
and I thought, just it bothered me that this guy was talking about God. It bothered me. I was convicted. I didn't like it. It says there, they didn't want to retain God in their knowledge. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. No, no, no. I don't want to. (laughs) That's why, of course, the world, when I say the world, any place in the world, they want to silence a Christian voice. Because a Christian voice is different than a Muslim voice. It's different than a Hindu voice. It's different than a Buddhist voice. Totally different. All those other voices are tolerated. But not the name of Jesus. Why? Because that is the name above all names. That is the name of power. That is the name when you speak it. You can say, Buddha. Oh, okay. Another beer. You can say, Muhammad. You can say anything. But you say the name of Jesus and there's power. I'll guarantee you there is. I've been in places where, where we're going to pray and so forth. We were an alumni gathering and they invited me as an alumni of the university to come and pray. And of course, there's a happy hour and there's all the things that go on ahead. And all the big wigs were there and the prominent people and the big financial givers and all the people being honored. And they said, Dave, would you pray? I'm sitting at the de- table with the president. And of course, this is why they asked me there to pray an invocation. I said, yeah. And I went to the microphone and I just lifted my hands. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your presence coming here. And I just began to pray. Didn't pray long. And when I was done, everybody's... The place was silent. Drinks held in the hands like this. Kind of changed the atmosphere. Went back to the table with the president. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm not going to pray to God. There's many gods. Hello? I'm not going to pray to a higher power. There's all kinds of higher powers. But I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, there's power. We've experienced so many things. It's like, wow. Power of God comes forth. We're in a group. We got, for whatever reason, in the Philippines, we were invited to this place. And, of course, we were gospel singers and evangelists and so forth, me and a few other men. And they said, oh, it'll be great. And we walked into this platform and so forth. And there was a fairly good group of people and so forth, most, mostly men, most all men, which I thought, interesting crowd, all men. And we began to sing about Jesus. And they began to gnash with their teeth. I'm not kidding. And as I'm singing about Jesus, I'm thinking, I don't think they know him. And they didn't know him. We walked into a Muslim meeting, invited without us knowing. And as we sang just two songs, it was like, we better go now. And I said, I think you're right. We went out to side, off the stage, back. There's power in the name of Jesus. Don't say God, say Jesus. Say Jesus. If you get on, like someone won a track, a track thing, they interviewed these two people and, and so forth, and they come, and they interviewed the two people and say, well, you know, God has really helped me and so forth. Quote, unquote, Christian girl. The next girl, God really helped me too. Muslim girl. No difference. None. Both talked about God. No difference. No divinity there. No witness. 
I just looked down. I was watching this live. Okay, okay, well, I know she loves the Lord. I know she's, I know she's a Christian. But she said God. She said God. She's a Christian. She's a Muslim. No difference. You have to understand the name of spiritual, spiritual mind now. Spiritual mind, you're conscious of who your Savior is. His name is Jesus Christ. And we're not ashamed of Jesus Christ. We're not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not going to say God, like when I'm out public, like that. No, I'm going to say Jesus. He is the name above all names. He is the one to whom every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Wow. Oh, man, he's so good. Anyway, you know, God, what did it say? God gave them, God will allow people to do what they want to do. You know, you could, you could try to pass all. No, he allowed them to do what they want to do. God gave them over to a debased, a reprobate mind uh, uh, to all that. All right, if you want to go that, you can. That's why I say no one's going to wake up someday when they die and they think, he sent me to hell. No, you chose to go to hell. That is a choice that you make in this life. It's not like being a drunkard and so forth. Well, I'm ready to get up here because you chose that. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. You choose in this life. Some people will say you'll have a chance after this in some place called purgatory to make another choice. And that is not true. Not biblical, not true. It is in this life that we make the choice. Now, the fruits, of course, of a reprobate mind, that's pretty clear. You know, uh, uh, you want your mind open to the Word of God. Amen? People say, let's have an open mind about this. I said, okay, I got the Bible here. What do you want to tell me? (laughs) Why? Because the Bible is my filter. So everything I hear, I'm going to filter through this. Is that truth or is that an error? Are you telling me, you know, tell me something true or are you lying to me? If you filter it through the Word of God, this is a spiritual mind now. You filter it through the Word of God, what happens is you begin to walk in truth. Well, most of the things you're going to hear in this world are lies. That's right. <laughs> They're lies. Just the enemy. They can look pretty. They can sound nice. They can look good. But it's a lie. We're going to change this world only through Jesus Christ. Did you hear me clearly now? Only through Jesus Christ are you going to change your world. It will happen no other way but through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's the key. That's how we, the world is what? One soul at a time, right? So, so uh, uh, let me skip a bunch of things here. Let me see where we want to go. Let's go to 1 Timothy 4 a second. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 12. It starts out the latter days seducing spirits. Uh, people will turn away from the faith, pay attention to deceitful, seductive spirits. That's happening today. Things can sound spiritual, but that's why you have to know the Word of God. Amen? Sounds spiritual. Someone said, they're having revival over there. I look, well, it's nothing about Jesus. It's just a big crowd excited about somebody. But not about Jesus. That's not revival, folks. Revival is all about Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus. That's, that's the key, all right? Seductive spirits, doctrines of demons, right? Notice it says, 
liars whose consciences are seared with the branding iron, leaving them incapable of ethical functioning. Greg, you know about branding. <laughs> well, branding, branding is going to bring your conscience to a place you have no more feelings. You have no more feelings. You do whatever you like. There's a book way back, way back, and I suppose it was written in the 60s because they had in a class I had at the university. I'm okay, you're okay. Let's do whatever feels good. Whatever feels good. Sorry, wrong. Wrong. You want to, you want to have your conscience sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He will give you an internal moral code. We're really born with an internal moral code. Even kids, a lot of kids know right and wrong, realize, oh, that's not right, that's wrong, whatever. You have an internal moral code by the Holy Ghost. And you nurture it then with the Word of God to realize, don't do that. Don't do that. People, people get caught in all kinds of things, lured away in temptations and so forth. And, and I say this, sadly, you know, even Christians who get carnal-minded and they're lured into into sexual sins, immorality, or, or uh, adultery, or they're lured into drinking and drunkenness. Pastors that I see on the news, very, very prominent people picked up for, oh, they were picked up for drunk driving. Oh, that's too bad. I can name you a list of pastors picked up for drunk driving. Not talking about little churches, like, I'm talking about mega ministries. And I think, oh, and then what do people do? That's okay. He's just a person. That's okay. He's all right. Honey, that's not okay. Let's just be real about this. That's not okay. As a leader, you're picked up for drunk driving. Not good. Yeah, accountability and who's underneath you think, well, if he can do it, I can do it. We're all good here. I'm okay. You're okay. (laughs) Wrong. Consciences get seared. Colossians 1, quickly said, Colossians 1 says that we were enemies in our minds, once alienated in our minds, enemies by wicked works, but he's reconciled us. Thank you, Jesus. So, so in other words, we're, we're, we're the, works, the works will get progressively worse unless we get saved, right? The Gadarene man, the guy, the guy, the guy that Jesus ministered to in Luke 8. He's the guy who wears no clothes. He's cutting himself with stones as I watching himself bleed and so forth. And he and he's so demonic, can't live at home. He lives in the cemetery. And Jesus ministers to him, casts out the demons. The guy gives his life to the Lord. Oh man, it's just amazing. And he comes and he's sitting now he's sitting at Jesus' feet. Let's go to uh, Luke chapter eight there a second. He's sitting at Jesus' feet and and uh, notice he's sitting at the feet of Jesus. There's something about just being calm and just sitting. Calm. Turn to your neighbor and say, calm is good. Just calm. Nerves calmed. His mind was calmed. His life was calmed. And now he's sitting at the feet of Jesus. He's wearing clothes, which is good. And he's in his right mind. Of course, it says they were afraid. I think part of that is like, what happened to him? You know, everybody, everybody knew this guy, of course. But, but his eyes were open. John 3, 3. His eyes were open. Unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom. Well, when they're born again, you do see the kingdom, right? You can see the kingdom. Say, see. 
So we begin to have spiritual eyes. We begin to see it. See it. Amen. See. See the things of God. See the traps. See truth. Recognize those things. Second Timothy 1.7. He hasn't given a spirit of, power, of, of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. That's what he gives us. Well, if he gives us that, then that's what I want to receive. Amen. It's a well-balanced mind and self-control. Well-balanced mind and self-control. Amen. Let's just look at that quick scripture at Ephesians 5, one second. The word. We wash our minds with the word. So, husbands, love your wife. Listen, listen, guys got a big task here. Why? Because you need to love your wife like Jesus loves you. How does Jesus love you? Well, he's serving, he's helping, he's blessing, he's gracious, he's forgiving, all those things. That's, the, that's on the man here. That's how you're supposed to love your wife, right? Just as Christ loved the church, gave himself for her so that he might sanctify and clean, uh, sanctify, cleanse her by the washing of the water with the word. So the word washes over us. And all the time, you know, the Lord, Lord helps us, right? He helps my thoughts. He helps adjust my thoughts. He helps adjust my attitudes. He helps me the way I should think. And this is a daily thing. That's why every day I want to immerse myself, have things on my mind, listen to things that are going to touch my spirit, so then I think like he thinks. Otherwise, it's easy to go through life and you witness to nobody. You don't tell anybody about Jesus. You don't say much. Life just goes on, coasting. Will you get to heaven? Oh, you get to heaven. But your impact will be little. I believe he wants your impact to be great. Because why? He wants to use you for his glory. Amen? He wants to use you for his glory. A great impact. Spiritual mind. Thinking godly thoughts. This affects you. This affects your spouse if you're married. This affects your children or your grandchildren. What would we say to our children or grandchildren? You just do that because that's the right thing. Or are you living a life to demonstrate the right thing? Are you living a life to, to also give them discernment? You know, now, if you go down this road, and I do this all the time. If you go down this road, then this is what will happen. This is what will happen. Grandkids came back from, one grandson came back from college. He had a friend from the university in the south here and so forth. And then they talked about all they saw about the drunkenness and the booze and the puke and all the stuff. I'm sitting at the table with him. I said, and did I tell you about that? Yeah, Papa, you did. And I said, that's why you don't want to do it, right? Papa, that's right. That's why we, because why? All their friends look like nuts. And when you lose control, in fact, in fact, even on Lewis, it'll have a big ad selling, selling wine and spirits. You're selling demons. Why is that? Because when you drink alcohol, there's a chemical reaction in your body. And it ties up the oxygen in your brain. And all of a sudden you feel, I just feel good. People get loose lips. And pretty soon they start looking at people the way they shouldn't look at them. And what do they do? Their defenses go down. And opens the door to demonic activity. I've seen things you'd never want to see because of booze. I've seen people treat their spouse you'd never want to see 
Abusive behavior? Oh, yeah. You'd never want to see. All because of booze. Jail ministry, go to the jail, and 99% of the people that you'll see at the county jail in the jail ministry, which we help lead, they're there because, yeah, well, I was drinking, and then, uh, yeah, it had a seed started. They were drinking. Now, in a rational mind, they think, I should have never did that. And you shouldn't have. Don't even pick up the bottle. Brookings businesses downtown, and if you look at the paper or whatever, and they're saying, yeah, it's really an issue. No one wants to talk about it, but I know about it because we've been there. We've, we've witnessed there for years. People peeing on the windows and the doors and breaking things. And so the store owners every week kind of come, wash it all up, clean it all up like, it's all nice, isn't it? But it isn't nice. One store owner said, I know this isn't correct for everybody to hear this, but I'm tired of cleaning up puke. Downtown Brookings. Everybody needs Jesus. When I talk to young people, I'm not going to talk, the, the just, oh, I'll look like God like this. No, let's bring the rubber right to the road here. You walk this path, this is what happens. <laughs> it's not like, well, maybe that'll happen. No, that's the seed that will happen. You will be drunk, or you will abuse someone, you will molest somebody. This will happen in your life. It will happen, guaranteed. That is the wages of sin. That's what sin pays. But the spiritual life is life in peace. Ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. Spiritual life is thank you, soberness, freedom, peace, loving the Lord, trying to reach people. That's the spiritual life. Spiritual mind. Your neighbor says, spiritual mind is good. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Let's lift our hands here a second. Lord, thank you that you give us the mind of Christ. Thank you that you help us. Thank you that you anoint us to be a blessing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are a spirit of discernment. You show us things, the path to walk in, the, the way to go. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you lead us in the word. The word is a lamp unto our feet, a light to our path. You show us things about Christian behavior that's good, all that's good about it. And Lord, through all this, we pray that you would use us just to reach the people around us. I don't live in some other place. We live live here, Lord. Help us to reach the people around us. For your glory. Help us to reach people. Not just our family members or children or loved ones. Lord, help us to reach the people around us. And co-workers, of course. And just others that we might meet. Help us, Lord, to have an answer of the hope that's within us. To tell people how good you are. Oh, Lord, I thank you for blessing people here. Blessing people online. Blessing people who listen. I thank you for the anointing in these days and hours which we live, Lord. What a great day to live. To be a light for you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you for the power in your name. Power in your name. Thank you for blessing people here, Lord, right now. I bless them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.